This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Kicking off hour two, this is Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. It was a busy hour one. NHL trades are flying ahead of the draft tomorrow in Nashville. Pierre-Luc Dubois, Alex Newhook, Kevin Hayes, Mackenzie Blackwood all on the move today. Broke down some of those trades in hour one, plus dove into the Flames 2023-2024 schedule, which was released today, and checked in with Sam Cosentino from Nashville to get the latest of the NHL draft as round one begins tomorrow from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. Connor Bedard will go number one to Chicago. What happens after that and what kind of options are available for the Calgary Flames? A reminder, you can get that. Hour one uh, of the show, wherever you get your podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher, the podcasts go up just moments after every hour finishes. Still to come here on hour two, we'll get to a WPCA report in just moments, uh, and also we'll chat some Toronto Blue Jays, a less than stellar start for Alec Manoa in the Florida Complex League, and it's got Jays fans all kind of worried about the guy that started this season at the top of the Jays rotation. So we'll chat about Alec Manoa and hear from uh, Jays manager, John Schneider coming up in just a little bit, but it is a Tuesday and it's time for the WPCA report. It's time for the world professional truck wagon association report. Here are the latest updates from the world of the WPCA and exclusive interviews with the biggest drivers in the sport. Yes, the WPCA Insider Report is brought to you by the World Professional Chuck Wagon Association. Racing to the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com. And joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon coming off a very successful weekend in Medicine Hat. Very happy to be joined by Jamie Labucane. Jamie, thanks for doing this today, sir. How are you? Jamie, we got you there. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> no problem, sir. How are you doing today? Good. I was just finishing up greasing my wagon <laughs> when I had you on speaker, and I, I didn't hear the intro. <laughs> Not a problem, pal. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this today, and congratulations on a great weekend in Medicine Hat. Oh, thanks for having me on here. This is a real honor. Uh, talk to me about uh, the weekend for your group up in Medicine Hat. I know you guys were already getting set for... Uh, a busy couple of days in Pinocchio, but looking back, your first WPCA victory. Uh, how'd the weekend go in your mind, Jamie? Oh, it went perfect. You know, I've been pretty steady all season. Um, I had a pretty good group of horses coming out of last season. I was I was a high point champion at the CPCA, so I knew I had you know I had some good horses in my barn. Um, so I was just kind of riding those ones all all uh, at the start of the summer here, but. Come Medicine Hat, you know, I was pretty solidly locked into the top two permit guys to, to qualify for Pinocchio. So I decided to start working in some of my first-year horses, my new ones, 
on the wheel there and uh it worked out they they really woke up that outfit those outfits a little bit more give them a little bit more starts a little bit more run and and lo and behold, uh, I managed to pull off a victory. One of the things that we, we always talk about here with the, the drivers on the WPCA report is that that mixture, that puzzle I always call it with the horses, and it's an interesting one for you because you're heading into a dash in Medicine Hat, but you're also resting one of your veteran horses for Pinoca and Calgary coming up, and here you go. You find a, a nice mixture with, you know, I believe the horse was Acrobat that you put in there uh, for that dash, and it works out great. It's got to be one of those great feelings for you guys to try something different, but to have such a positive result come out of it. Yeah, like that, that Acrobat, he's, he's a, you know, only really, I've only drove him up there the last half of last season and then, you know, part of this season as well. So it's a fairly green right hand leader all in all. He's still got some, you know, experience under him, but. He doesn't have like the experience that my good right hand leader has on that one two barrel. So I thought, you know, we need to rest that right hand leader. He's a little bit older. I didn't want to overuse him. So let's throw him in there. He's only went once with my good my good left here and he's a young horse. He's only nine years old. And uh we have, you know, another veteran on right hand wheel and actually my left hand wheeler, he was he's a first year horse. Um, I've only had him in one other race in Dewberry, on, but on right-hand wheel, and this is the first time in a race on left-hand wheel. I, I drove him in the morning quite a bit, so I knew what he was, but you, you, just, you just don't know until you start driving him in an actual race. But all in all, I, I knew he, they all had run, and they threw a heck of a turn, and you know they showed me that they, they could run all the way. And no problem coming off that second barrel. You guys were just short of having the best chance of going to the first barrel, but didn't matter to your outfit on Sunday. Like you mentioned, you had a great turn there to finish things off strong. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. We got, you know, we got some options. It's it's good to know that, you know, I can throw that acrobat on that outfit and it doesn't slow it up too much. And if anything, it probably increases my run. So it was a, it was a good time to, you know, take a chance, I guess. I knew I wasn't going to outturn Mark. You know, he had he had that good outfit on, mm-hmm. so I knew I was take the rail so let's let's try to add a little bit more run and and see what we can do and you know there there it went uh jimmy you mentioned your time in the cpca you're one of the more accomplished drivers there but you've made the decision to come over to the wpca as a permanent driver what went into that decision i know you've talked about it a couple times that you and your wife have talked about it for a couple of years but just sort of give us the the thought process between switching over to the wpca yeah like you said we've always me and my wife have discussed it you know the last few years about possibly coming over and you know when's a good time when's not i had really good sponsorship and stuff like that so it wasn't just an you know an easy decision it's been my home for a long time uh but but last year we went up to grand prairie and after we came home we're like geez you know that was that was a lot of fun you know maybe this is where we want to be and and then one of our main sponsors said you know if you're interested in making the switch you know I'd really like to, you know, be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, then everything kind of just fell into place. My, my wife's work said it'd be okay for her to come and work from the road. And uh, sponsors said, yeah, let's do her. And here we are. We're, you know, halfway, just about halfway through the first season. Uh, we got a, a tour, or, you know, a show win at the tour already. And yeah. uh, sitting first for at least a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the world tour. So, you know what, I can't complain. It's uh, it's working out so far. Uh, you've got a great story when it comes to some of those sponsors, and I loved hearing that story about the sponsors coming over with you and uh, even heard, you know, going back to when your dad was a, a rider and, and doing the driving, that 
you know, sponsors have followed from your dad down to you driving. Just how special is that relationship, knowing that people want to back you and are willing to to take a chance like that with you going over the WPCA? You know, I, I guess we treat our sponsors a lot like family, and you know, we get great relation, lifelong relationships with these sponsors. And uh, Dave and Connie Sloss, uh, you know, they came over with me with Dave Cole Industrial Construction Services, and they sponsored me for. You know, I don't even know how many years, close to 10 years. And they sponsored dad, you know, quite a while before that. And, uh, you know, and uh, they're, they're retiring now, but we're still, we're still friends. We still go up and dive with them and hang out with them on some birthdays and have them for our family functions. And, you know, Rod and Irene Wild, uh, they're fairly new with us on Wild Rose uh, Pumping Compression there. And, uh, you know, they we traveled up together to Grand Prairie when he bought me up there, and uh, we're we're becoming fast friends too. And uh, it's it's a great thing. It's a great experience, and I think that's what one of the special things there is about wagon racing it is the relationships you build. Yeah, and, and as every driver has told me as we've done this process, Jamie, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just it's not possible to do what you guys do on a week to week basis without these sponsors and and all that they provide for you guys. You bet. You bet. No, uh, you know, they, they kind of provide that. Well, they do provide the backing for us to go down the road and stuff like that, you know, and then, then once we're on the road and, and if we can get enough sponsorship and all our expenses are covered, then when the prize money does roll in, it's not just going right out of our pockets back into, you know, expenses. We maybe can make a little bit cheddar, but mm-hmm. unfortunately the way the sport is, you know, you do it cause you love it. You're not doing it because you want to get rich. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie is with us uh, for the WPCA Insider Report today. And uh, I just wanted to go back quickly to the switch over from uh, the CPCA to the WPCA. Is there a lot of changes, a lot of challenges in that? I know it's it's obviously different tracks. It's a, it's a different scenario for you during the summertime. But is there a lot of challenges in that for your group in that switch over, Jamie? Well, it was just a lot to figure out as far as, you know, sponsorship, uh, you know, how to get feed down the road if we want to switch out horses, you know. And the CPCA for my pretty much my whole career, except for my first three years, I ran two outfits. So I got those new horses worked into races a lot quicker, a lot sooner. I knew what I had. Uh, so it, it took a, it's taken a little bit of a, I, I guess, a different take to just, you know, get them going in the morning, make sure, and then take chances during real races and, and stuff like that. But, you know, we're, we've been, we've been racing long enough and, uh, you know, we've got a pretty good eye for horses that, you know, we, we, we got a pretty good idea what to do. And, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. to it. So it's a little bit different. You're on the road all the time and, and you just don't, you don't know everything about it. Uh, most times I come into a show and I don't know where, where to go into the grounds <laughs> or, you know, how yeah. to get into the grounds. Yeah. And, but, but like, it's been great. I've had a lot of people, that have been very willing to help me out and tell me where to go and the best routes and stuff like that. So uh, everybody's been very accommodating and, and, and great to me. And uh, even with this win, I had tons of drivers come up and congratulate me. And, you know, that's, that's a good feeling knowing that people are happy that, that you won. That's great to hear. And uh, now we get into a real busy part of the WPCA schedule. You're heading into one of the bigger races in Pinoca. Calgary's right around the corner. I guess just talk to us about this level of preparation for you and your group as we head into this really busy time of the season, Jamie? 
Yeah, we're, uh, we're, you know, we, we've been really working on getting these outfits set going into this long stretch. So we know our rotations, which horses we're driving off of which barrels. Um, so, you know, right now, like I said, I'm greasing my wagon, getting everything fine-tuned. I think I got my outfit set, but uh, just like everything else, it's only the plan is only as good as uh, you can execute it. So we'll guess we'll guess we'll see how that pl- plays out, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I've never raced at Finocchi here, and we had a great time in Medicine Hat. So we're just we're learning a lot. We got to learn about the tracks where to run, and we got to learn about the drivers who we're driving against and their tendencies. So I'm doing a lot of learning, but. Hey, if you're not learning, uh, I don't know what what there else there is to do in life. Uh, Jamie, look, congratulations on a great weekend for you and your outfit in Medicine Hat. Uh, best of luck into Pinocchio. We'll let you go. We know you got some better work to do than uh, chatting on the phone with us for too much longer. Great luck in Pinocchio and Calgary as the rest of the schedule goes on. Thanks for taking some time out to chat with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Jamie, Talk take care. Later. Take care now. Jamie Labucane joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar. Guest hotline coming off a big win in Medicine Hat for the uh, WPCA report today. And now, yes, right into Pinocchio. The Pinocchio Stampede gets underway today. Runs all the way until July 2nd. They got nine heats of four chuck wagons per heat over six days. 36 drivers. Chuck wagon driver with the best aggregate time over the first four nights is recognized as the Pinocchio Stampede aggregate champion. And that champion receives a one-year lease on a GMC Sierra truck. Uh, Pinocchio, one of the big uh, stampedes out here in Calgary, around the Calgary area, I should say. And then we get right into it. Uh, not long now, we'll be looking towards the Calgary Stampede, of course, July 7th to the 16th, the greatest outdoor show on earth. A uh, century of chuck wagons at the Calgary Stampede coming up this year. Uh, we've loved doing these WPCA reports. And again, WPCA.com is the place to go. Check out where all the races are going to be. If you're not big on the Stampede or you're not going to be in town for Stampede, like I said, Pinocchio's the next six days. you got the Battle of the Foothills coming up in High River, not far from Calgary. Quick little drive out to one of the better spots to go catch the Chucks out in High River. Strathmore's still coming up. Battle of the North, Battle of the Rockies. We're in Dawson Creek, Rocky Mountain House. All of it leading to the Century Downs World Chuck Wagon Finals at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. August 23rd to 27th, and that is the WPCA Insider Report, and it's brought to you by the World Professional Chuck Wagon Association. The race into the Century Downs Racetrack and Casino World Finals, August 23rd to 27th. Tickets available now at showpass.com. Congratulations once again to Jamie and his crew, and the best of luck because, yeah, he's got a race literally later tonight. So stop talking to us dummies and go ahead and figure out your horses and your wagons and everything else uh, for the day. Just a quick turnaround for those guys going uh, from Medicine Hat into Pinocchio, then into Calgary in a couple days' time. Before you know it, we'll be here for the Calgary Stampede. Uh, Like I get Calgary Stampede, July 7th to the 16th. Uh, We're here on Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you. Uh, Quick reminder, uh, the text line always open to you. Fan feedback line 960-960. Nine six zero. We're talking all things uh, NHL draft. The trades have been coming in fast and furious today. In case you've missed it, uh, this one's been in the hopper for a while, but it is official now. That trade between the Kings and the Jets for Pierre Luc Dubois is in the books. It's a sign and trade. Eight years, eight point five million dollars on the AAV for Pierre Luc Dubois. He gets traded to the Kings for Rasmus Kupari, Alex Iafalo, Gabe Velarde, and a twenty twenty four. Second round pick. 
That to go along with an Alex Newhook trade. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood's been traded today. Kevin Hayes has been traded today. Uh, Dallas has done an extension with one of their players. Brad Living says that Sheldon Keith's remaining on as the Leafs head coach. Oh, and the Flames dropped their 2023-2024 uh, NHL regular season schedule. So we've got a lot to get to. Not even to mention uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're back in action tonight. They're taking on the San Francisco Giants. And we're a bit worried about one of the Jays' aces. The guy that started the season on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays had himself an outing at the Florida Complex League. It did not go well for Alec Manoa. We will check in on the Jays coming up next. Taylor Dingman's got our Blue Jays report. And we'll hear from manager John Schneider uh, after he got the news about Alec Manoa struggling at the Florida Complex League. Flat, and we'll go through all those trades, all the moves, more hockey talk, and more coming up as we continue on. Sportsnet Today is live here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, Sportsnet Today is rolling on. It's Logan Gordon along with you. So many people here in the Doug Lacey's Basin System downtown studio. Cam and Taylor are here. Interns are here. Cal and Ben. We're all hanging out, getting ready for the NHL draft. It goes tomorrow from Nashville. GMs, they're not bothering to wait for the draft, though. Why wait for the draft floor when you can just make trades all day long, every day? That's what's been the story of the day. You seem very mad about all these trades happening. No, I'm happy. I believe me, I love the. I'm so happy about it. I Player movement is one of my favorite things because I know in like a month, when the draft is done and free agents done, it's going to be me and Vickers or somebody. And we're going to go And the top five remaining free agents are, and they're going to be names you've never heard of. It's going to be so brutal. So for now, I'm going to take every piece of new. You want to drop 20 trades today? Do it. Drop 50 tomorrow? Do it. I'll, I'll run this all day long. I love trade season. And it's only going to get better from the draft floor tomorrow. Round one goes tomorrow night. Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers are live in Nashville. Alive in Nashville, we hope. Maybe. Hopefully. That's questionable. Maybe. Fingers crossed. Breathing, yes. Alive. Eh. Ready to do some shows. Ready to bring <laughs> you some content. As of right now, of course, the Calgary Flames select 16th overall. Who will they take? Your guess is as good as mine, but uh, you know Steinberg will have all the latest for you. Reaction uh, to the pick, hopefully an interview with the young man. Uh, So keep it locked here for all your draft coverage tomorrow and Thursday for rounds two through seven. As for some of those trades that got done today, we'll talk to you about a couple that started on the weekend and finalized on this Tuesday. Including the this this one bugs me a bit. Taylor says I'm mad with trades. This one kind of bugs me because I was expecting a blockbuster like we all were, and it's just it's so non-blockbustery. It's not even funny. It was like it was Hayes and it was Shen and it was Krug and it was all of these pieces. Sandheim was going too. The, the Blues and the Flyers were set to do this mega deal, and Tory Krug, which is his right by the way, he has a no trade clause. Philly's on that list. Said meh. I'm good. Find a different deal that doesn't involve me. And they did. It's just much less spectacular. It is 
Kevin Hayes at 50% salary retention to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for a sixth-round pick back to the Philadelphia Flyers. So no mega deal, but the Blues still add uh, Kevin Hayes at a much reduced salary and hopefully are a better fit for him than his time was in Philly. Uh, Another trade that started on the weekend and has finally reached a crescendo. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been traded. It's official. He's off to the LA Kings on a sign-and-trade. He signs an eight-year, $8.5 million per season contract with the Jets and is then shuttled off to California in exchange for Rasmus Kupari, Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and a 2024 second-round pick. The San Jose Sharks, speaking of California, getting involved today as well. They had a goaltender. 26-year-old RFA Mackenzie Blackwood is on his way to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a sixth-round draft pick. Many connecting the dots that perhaps now with New Jersey moving a goaltender out, is there room for them to add, say, a Connor Hellebuck in goal there? Something to watch over the next couple of days. And the Colorado Avalanche continue to be busy. They added Ryan Johansson from the Predators a few days ago. And now today they move out of center. 22-year-old restricted free agent Alex Newhook is on his way to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and defenseman Giovanni Fairbrother. Both of those picks are in this year's draft. It's the 31st overall pick in the first round and the 37th overall pick in round two. And I know Flames fans, I've had a couple people texting in Wondering if that pick was the Flames pick in the Sean Monahan trade. It's not. That pick's still to come in a couple years' time. Um, that pick that is going to Colorado originally belonged to Florida. That's why it's 31st overall. Montreal got that pick in 2022 as part of the Ben Sherratt trade. So it's Florida's pick originally that is heading to Colorado along with the second-round pick at 37 overall and a defenseman and prospect, Giovanni Fairbrother, uh, to uh, Colorado in exchange for Alex Newhook. So those are the trades that have gone down today. We've also had a couple of re-signings. Uh, I want to mention this one. Evgeny Dodonov has signed a two-year contract extension with the Dallas Stars. Per Elliott Friedman, that comes with a $2.25 million AAV for Dodonov, uh, 34 years old. 15 points in 23 regular season games with Dallas last year. He was acquired from the Habs back on February 26th. He had 33 points in a combined 73 games with both teams. So to Donoff, you're going to stick around with Dallas for a couple more seasons. And uh, speaking of the Calgary Flames, uh, we heard from former GM Brad Schliving now in Toronto. Uh, He announced today that head coach Sheldon Keith will be sticking around as the team's head coach, and they plan to work out an extension with him this summer. Here is uh, Brad Schliving announcing Keith coming back as head coach. I think probably the next question will be relative to, to contract status. We'll, we'll deal with that at, at the appropriate time. Um, but Sheldon, Sheldon will continue on in there and excited for him to do so. So not unlike Brad's time with the Calgary Flames, when he entered the organization, uh, he had a head coach already in place here in Calgary. That was Bob Hartley. Uh, gave uh, some time to to understand Bob and uh, develop a relationship. He would eventually 
uh, signed Bob Hartley to a contract extension in Calgary. We all know how that one worked out. Uh, so a similar path perhaps for the Leafs. Now with Brad Living at the helm as Sheldon Keefe will remain as the team's head coach and is expected to receive a contract extension as uh, Brad Living mentions there in that clip earlier today. Flames quiet on the front right now, expecting them to be busy and part of this conversation over the next couple of days. I know some Flames fans get a little antsy, a little FOMO out there. I can understand it. There's lots of trades going down, lots of Flames on the trade block, uh, but nothing as of yet for the Calgary Flames. I can tell you, uh, if you're listening to the station live or you're looking forward to some Flames news a little bit later on today, Pat Steinberg on Flames Talk from Nashville. Going to have GM Craig Conroy on the program. Just after 4 o'clock, if you're listening live, or that'll be hour one of Flames Talk today, if you're listening on this Tuesday. So here the latest on everything around the Calgary Flames with the GM Craig Conroy. So I imagine there'll be, you know, a couple tidbits. Pat likes to throw those out there, you know, just a little chat with the GM in Nashville. So no big deal. Check in with that. Flames Talk exclusive. Everyday stuff, you know. Yep. Plus uh, a conversation with uh, Director of Amateur Scouting, Todd Button. The yearly conversation in the uh, at the draft between Pat and Todd going over the draft class uh, that we're going to see here in Nashville over the next couple of days. So Pat will get you the latest from uh, the guy doing the, the heavy lifting in Calgary as far as scouting goes, and that's Todd Button. Plus a conversation with Michael Backlund uh, from Monday night following the NHL awards after Bax won the King Clancy Award uh, at the NHL Awards. So congrats again to Bax and his family uh, on a tremendous and well-deserved honor. So Pat's got three major conversations on tap for you uh, a little bit later on Flames Talk, and maybe maybe that'll be the start of the Flames news that we're looking for uh, ahead of what's going to be a very busy couple of days for the Flames in Nashville. Speaking of the Flames, did want to mention as well, if you've missed it, the 2023-2024 NHL regular season schedule has dropped for the Calgary Flames. A couple highlights to get to. They have two six-game homestands at the Scotiabank Saddledome, one in late November, early December, and one throughout the middle of January. The season kicks off Wednesday, October 11th. It's an 8 p.m. puck drop, all-Canadian matchup as the Flames take on the Winnipeg Jets talk about two teams that could look very different on opening night, the Flames and the Jets. Flames will then head off on a season-long five-game road trip with a stop in Pittsburgh, Washington, Buffalo, Columbus to see Johnny Gaudreau, and then into Detroit before back home uh, for two games ahead of the NHL's Heritage Classic Sunday, October 29th against the Oilers. Speaking of the Oilers, You'll have two chances to see a Battle of Alberta at the Scotiabank Saddledome this year. Edmonton comes to town Saturday, January 20th, and Saturday, April 6th. Both of those uh, 8 o'clock starts for Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday. Uh, So just two chances to see the Flames and the Oilers in Calgary. Of course, if you're heading out to the Heritage Classic or you're making a trip up to Edmonton, you'll have a couple of opportunities for the Battle of Alberta, but you won't get to see them in Calgary uh, until Saturday, January 20th. Those two six-game homestands. The second one not only includes a stop from Edmonton, but Toronto also comes to town on a Thursday. And that Saturday, January 27th, the end of the six-game homestand for the Flames could be 
the first appearance in an NHL uniform in Calgary for Connor Bedard as he uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks come to town. Uh, and one more time as well, did want to mention this as well. I know it's a big game on the calendar. The New Year's Eve game this season, Sunday, December 31st. It is a 6 p.m. puck drop between the Flames and the Philadelphia Flyers. So the Flames are at home for New Year's Eve. It's a Calgary tradition. Uh, it'll be the Flyers in town for that matchup. The Flames will then see the Flyers uh, just six days later in Philly for an afternoon game against uh, the Flyers on Saturday, January 6th. A couple other uh, notes from the schedule today that wanted to pass your way. Uh, there will be an all-Canada road trip for the Calgary Flames out east in early November. Uh, November 10th, 11th, and 14th, Calgary will go at Toronto, at Ottawa, and then at Montreal before coming back to take on the Canucks and the New York Islanders. So, again, 82-game regular season schedule released by the Calgary Flames. You can go and check it out at uh, the Calgary Flames website or check out uh, Pat Steinberg at Fan960 Steinberg on Twitter. He's got uh, both the written version and the calendar version uh, available for your viewing pleasure. Switching things over to baseball, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're back in action this afternoon, uh, starting a series off against the San Francisco Giants. And uh, to get us the latest on the Toronto Blue Jays as they're getting back in action, we turn to Taylor Dingman for today's Jays Report. Time now for the Jays Report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. It's a game day at Rogers Center with the Toronto Blue Jays set to take on the San Francisco Giants. Kevin Gosman will start this series on the mound for the Jays facing his former team. He's only faced the Giants twice in his career back when he was just starting in the MLB. And Gosman has won his last two outings, giving up a total of four runs. The Giants will send out Ryan Walker to the mound as an opener for this game. No current Blue Jay has ever faced Walker yet, but the right-hander has only allowed three runs in the month of June. Being two games away from the halfway mark, John Schneider spoke about his team at this point and a little bit of an inside look at how he has been feeling about this season. You know, we're at the point to where it's like, all right, who are we? What do we want to be? And let's, we got to do it from here on out. But um, the ups and downs are going to come. You want to try to stay out of the ones that we kind of went through earlier in May. And uh, you kind of just roll with it a little bit. But um, this group is, this group is special. This group is cool. They, they get it. They don't try to do too much when things aren't going great. And uh, hopefully we can get on a little bit of a roll. That's your Jays report for this Tuesday. Jays will be back for a 5:07 first pitch tonight. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's hear more from Jays manager John Schneider ahead of the Jays matchup against the Giants coming up later tonight. John, Yep. I think so. I think that, you know, coupled with, you know, conversations that we were going to try to do this at some point with the guys um, that have been going on regular rest, um, feel comfortable with him on extra days rest, Chris on the extra day too. So, uh, you know, you fill in as needed tomorrow and it kind of keeps everyone kind of lined up where they should be. With Gosman over this last three starts, um, hasn't been as consistent as we've seen before. Is it more the opposition having better approaches or are you seeing anything specific with him? Yeah, I think it's been the opposition, you know, having really deliberate approaches against him. Um, his last couple times, Texas, 
Um, you even look back to Minnesota here. Um, it's been it's been pretty deliberate what teams are trying to do um, with his split, and you know, with these guys knowing him pretty well, I'm assuming it'll be the same tonight. Uh, but he has a really good way of adjusting in game. Hopefully, he can get that fastball um, both up and down in the zone, and um, you know, have one of his better outings on on an extra day's rest. It's interesting as a former catcher, and you get this question all the time when you're facing a team that knows you. Who actually does have the advantage? Do you then, you know, try to do something different than what they expect you to do? I don't think you do anything different. I think it just it comes down to you know executing and kind of feeling out what they're doing um, against him. So if it's you know trying to really eliminate splits, you know you got to locate your fastball accordingly, use your slider accordingly. Um, it is an interesting kind of cat and mouse game when you are familiar with an opponent and they're familiar with you. Uh, it comes down to sticking with your strengths really and executing. But uh, I think the first couple innings, you'll kind of get a good feel on what they're trying to do tonight. Brandon Bell fixing the Giants the first time. Um, curious how he has contributed um, more so in the clubhouse because the Giants feel like he was an integral part of the chemistry and keeping mm-hmm. the guys together. What have you seen from him in that regard? Yeah, a lot of the same, really. You know, even even though it's his first year, these are conversations we had in the off season, kind of like right after he signed. Um, he's big on that. He's big on kind of bringing teammates together. Obviously had a lot of success in San Fran doing that. And, um, you know, a veteran guy, and I think his voice is really heard in the clubhouse. And um, you kind of get instant credibility when you've won a couple World Series doing things a certain way. Um, he's been phenomenal, really, with the guys that um, the guys that are here. And um, a big part of kind of what we're doing as an offense, big part of what we're doing as a team. He, he talks to uh, people like this deadpan delivery. <laughs> Have you kind of gotten your head around the fact that sometimes he says things that maybe he's joking? Yeah, like the, uh, what was it, the All-Star Ballad with Shohei, I think, being rigged, things like that. Uh, yeah, he's got a very dry sense of humor. He's got, um, but at the same time, he's really confident. And I think that uh, when you're around him um, enough, you understand that usually there's a lot of humor wrapped around in what he's saying. Um, but at the same time, what he says holds a lot of weight, too, when he's talking about stuff that's happening in the game. Um, so, yeah, he has a very, very uh, unique way of going about it, for sure. That is Jays manager John Schneider speaking to the media ahead of the Jays matchup tonight against the San Francisco Giants. Also, uh, the first time for Brandon Belt to play his former team, Kevin Gosman, a former Giant as well. So, plenty of connections between the two uh, as we get set for tonight's matchup. No Jays on your radio tonight. Uh, we're going to Nashville for uh, coverage of the draft with Pat and Vickers on Flames Talk. They're going to be at Bridgestone Arena with the latest tonight, so keep it tuned for that. Uh, you're going to hear from GM Craig Conroy, Todd Button, the director of scouting for the Calgary Flames as well, for his yearly check-in at the draft with Pat Steinberg, plus hear from Michael Backlund after winning the King Clancy Memorial Trophy last night at the NHL Awards. So Jays and Giants available uh, to you at 5.07 tonight. You can watch it on the Sportsnet television network. It is Kevin Gosman at 7-3 and three, taking on Ryan Walker. He is 2-0. and oh. Jays have won two in a row, 5-5 uh, five and five in their last 10, while the Giants 8-2 and two in their last 10, uh, but coming off of a loss in their last outing. The big news for the Toronto Blue Jays today is not good news. Uh, Alec Manoa in the Florida Complex League. Yikes. Uh, still searching... For his game, uh, the right-hander allowed 11 earned runs on 10 hits, two of them home runs, two strikeouts, three walks, 
over two and two-third innings in his first Florida Complex League start on Tuesday. The majority of the rookie-level league is filled with teenagers who have minimal pro experience. We're talking 18, 19-year-olds, mostly in the Florida Complex League. Um, Jays were hoping he was making some progress in some simulation games. He's been uh, optioned back there in early June after posting a 6.36 ERA over 13 starts this year. Uh, John Schneider did say to uh, Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun, they're not worried about the results, just happy that he's putting in the work. 25 years old for Manoa, finished third in AL Cy Young voting in 2022, had a 2.24 ERA uh, over 31 starts on route to becoming an all-star for the first time, but it feels like that is very far off. There's a lot of worries right now around Alec Manoa. And look, to be frank, there's just no, there hasn't been a lot of positives. There's very few positives coming out of this. The simulation games are are one thing, but to face live hitters for a guy that, like we just mentioned, was third in AL Cy Young voting in 2022 and has made 13 starts already at the majors this year to put up 11 earned runs in just over two innings of work in, you know, the guys that have barely faced pro pitching. This is a huge worry uh, for John Schneider and company. They've gone down to the four-man rotation. It's worked pretty well for them so far. I don't know how sustainable that is. You have to think that Ross Atkins right now is searching for a veteran pitcher to come into this lineup and provide them with some solid starts because it does not appear that Alec Manoa is anywhere close to rejoining the Toronto Blue Jays lineup if that's the kind of stat line that he's going to put up in the Florida Complex League. That's just huge, huge worry today for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, they can't worry about that too much, though. They'll let their guys work with him in Florida, spend as much time there as he needs. Uh, their focus has got to be on the Giants with Kevin Gosman today. But, man, Taylor, it is hard to hear that stat line and think of anything positive today for Alec Manoa. I, it's, it's not great, and I think that there is reason to worry about it. But... He hasn't faced actual live games in quite a while. And it's just been like simulated games. So I think that we don't need to be completely Manoa sucks. He's never going to be the same again. But it's like we just just take a take a couple steps back and be like, all right, you know, it's not great. But he has room for improvement and he has the ability to be a great pitcher. We've seen that before, and it's just a little bit of a rough patch right now. That's that's one word for it. Uh, it's, it's been a rough patch for sure. Uh, hopefully a rough patch that they figure out uh, sooner than later. Um, yeah, not not good for Alec Manoa right now. Uh, like I said, 11 earned runs over uh, just two and two-thirds innings at the Florida Complex League, mostly against teenagers uh, who haven't faced a lot of pro pitching, so uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. You know it's going to be a big storyline for the Jays. But uh, tonight, their focus on the San Francisco Giants. Again, you can watch it across the Sportsnet television network with a 5.07 first pitch on this Tuesday. Wanted to mention this one more time. We've gone through plenty of NHL news today. It's still kind of rolling in the latest uh, coming from Elliot Friedman 
uh, Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. He's in Nashville for the draft. Uh, latest piece of news coming down that New Jersey has granted uh, unrestricted forward uh, Miles Wood permission to talk to other teams about acquiring his rights prior to free agency. Uh, Wood has 402 goal, uh, games under his belt, 78 goals, 427 PIMs. So a pretty physical presence. Uh, it doesn't sound like New Jersey's interested in bringing him back, uh, and teams now have permission, according to Elliot Friedman, to talk to uh, Miles Wood ahead of free agency. That's uh, to go with all the other news today. The Donov re-signs in Dallas for two years. Pierre-Luc Dubois is officially traded in a sign-and-trade to the LA Kings. Mackenzie Blackwood to the Sharks. Kevin Hayes to the Blues. And Alex Newhook to the Montreal Canadiens. Draft hasn't even started yet. That's tomorrow. Get ready for it. We'll be back uh, then. We'll get you coverage all the way up until the evening where Pat and Vickers take over live from Nashville. That's where they're going to be on this Tuesday evening. So keep it locked here. As for tonight, yes, we're going to Nashville we're going to get Pat and Vickers on for the next couple of hours. What do they have coming up with you? Oh, just a chat with the Flames GM, Craig Conroy in Nashville. You want the latest on the Calgary Flames? Pat and Vickers have that for you coming up in just moments. Or if you're listening on the podcast, check out Hour 1 of Flames Talk to get that conversation with Craig Conroy. Pat and his yearly chat at the draft with Director of Scouting Todd Button. Plenty of names to go through for this Flames team at 16 overall right now. Uh, plenty of options. I'll go through all of that with Todd Button and a check-in with Michael Backlund. Pat talked to him a couple times yesterday ahead of the draft, ahead of the uh, awards, excuse me. Uh, got to chat with him after as well to see how Bax is feeling after winning the King Clancy Memorial Trophy and a very deserved win uh, for Michael Backlund and his family. So that's all coming up. All your draft coverage right here on Sportsnet 960. Steinberg and Vickers are next. We're going to be back tomorrow. We'll bring you more news from around the league. We'll check in, you know, what the Calgary Flames are doing. And then, of course, we'll send you off to Nashville for live draft coverage with Pat and Vickers. It's a busy week. Free agency's coming up on Saturday. we got a ton to get to. Thank you for listening. We're live on the podcast today. We had a WPCA report in there as well. We checked in with Sam Cosentino. Thank you to my outstanding producers. Callum killing it on the board over there. Ben doing a great job. Cam and Taylor are here as well. We're out of here. We're back tomorrow. What? What are you laughing at me for? Yeah, they're here as well. Yeah, they're just here. You are. You're here as well. We're doing work. Sure you are. I am doing so much work right now. Working hard or hardly working. I am making graphics. You're doing things. Graphic design is your passion. (laughs) I feel very hurt. What do you mean? Alex was mean to me yesterday. You're being mean to me today. Alex who? Never heard of this guy. Never heard of him. We got to get him. Steinberg and Vickers are next. Thanks for tuning in. We're back tomorrow for another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.